0: Welcome to the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. We're so glad to have you join us today. Pastor Caleb is a graduate of the World Harvest Bible College, as well as Ohio Christian University. And his desire is to share the love of God with a lost and dying world. Prepare to be challenged and encouraged today through the study of God's Word. Now let's listen in to today's episode with our host, Caleb Schaefer.
1: I want to read to you tonight from the book of Leviticus. And um, I believe God's calling us to a deeper level. I believe God's calling us to a deeper level than we may have have ever been before. As, As Christians, we're getting called and drawn to a deeper level. You see, the time that we used to live in is no more. The time that we grew up in, the time that that we used to know in the church is no more. The days of just going to church and and warming a pew every week. The days of just going to church and sitting in the chairs every week. That's over. God wants some people who are actual ambassadors for His kingdom. God wants some people who are evangelists. God wants some people who will go out into the highways and the byways and and will minister and will tell somebody about Him. Because I don't know about you but I've been watching the news and I've been looking at the newspaper and, and it looks a whole lot uh, like the back pages of my Bible. The front page of my newspaper looks like the back pages of my Bible. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that the time is short. The time is short. We don't have a whole lot of time here. So that tells me that there's a whole lot to do and a short amount of time to get it done then. We got a lot of work to do in a short amount of time. We got to get to work we got to get to work. But I want you to turn with me to Leviticus chapter 9. Leviticus chapter 9. I think i got a little bit of a ring, so I'm just going to cut myself back just a smidge. Leviticus chapter 9 and verse 22. We're going to start there. Starting at verse 22. If you have it, say amen. Amen. Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them and came down from offering the sin offering, the burnt offering, and peace offerings. Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting, and when they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. A fire came down from before the Lord, and it consumed the burnt offering and the fat that were on the altar. When all the people saw this, they shouted and fell on their faces. Where did the fire come from? The Lord. God sends fire down from heaven every once in a while. Talk to the Israelites here that saw God send fire down from heaven and consume the the offering that was on the altar. Talk to the Israelites. They'll tell you God sends fire down from heaven. Talk Talk to Elijah on the Mount Carmel with all the prophets of Baal. He'll tell you that God sends fire down from heaven. And even the prophets of Baal had to attest to it that God sends fire down from heaven every once in a while. And so you see in a lot of these places God sends fire down from heaven. Turn to Acts chapter 2 and you'll see where God sent fire down from heaven. There was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. And all of a sudden, cloven tongues of fire appeared dancing on their heads as they began to speak and with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You see, God sends fire down from heaven. I'm believing that in these last days, one more time, yes. come on, one more time, that we're going to see fire fall from heaven. We're going to see fire fall from heaven one more time. What fire am I talking about? I'm not talking about a fire that that falls down and burns on an altar of sacrifice. I'm talking about a revival fire. I'm talking about a fresh tongue. I'm talking about a fresh anointing. I'm believing that God's going to send fire one more time from heaven and it's going to fall on His people and His people are going to go about with the Holy Ghost and power doing signs and Thunders, and people are going to come to the Lord because of it. Uh, the Bible tells us uh, that on the day of Pentecost, when the fire fell, there were thousands added to their number daily. Come on. Amen. Amen. Great. Great. And so God, I believe, wants to send fire from heaven even more than we could ever want fire from heaven. But I want you to turn over to Leviticus chapter 6 with me. And we're going to look at just a few verses there. Leviticus 6, 8 through 13. Just a few chapters to the left the Lord spoke to Moses saying, command Aaron and his sons saying, this is the law for the burnt offering. The burnt offering shall be on the hearth upon the altar all night until the morning and the fire on the altar shall be kept burning on it. The priest shall put on his linen robe and his linen undergarments on his body. Then he shall remove the ashes from the burnt offering on the altar and he shall put them beside the altar. Then he shall take off his garments and put on the other garments and he shall bring the ashes outside the camp to a clean place. The fire on the altar shall be kept burning. It shall not go out. The priest shall feed it with wood every morning. He will arrange the burnt offering on it, and he shall burn the fat of the peace offerings on it. A perpetual fire shall be kept burning on the altar. It shall never go out. Remember, notice how many times God tells the priests, He tells the people of God, the fire will... God repeats himself quite a bit there. And he lets the people know, Hey, it's your job to keep the fire burning. It's your job to keep the fire burning on the altar. God said, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to light the fire, but it's your job to keep it burning. I'll light the fire, but it's your job to keep it burning. Amen. How many revivals have burned out because we didn't keep the fire burning? How many fires that God has sent from heaven that He wanted to pour out His Spirit? How many times has He sent the fire and we let it go out? He said, I'll send it, but it's your job to keep it burning. I'll send it. I'll send the fire. He's ready to send the fire. I believe he's sending the fire here this week. I believe I've heard some stories from from the services. I've seen some things online, some things that have taken place here over the last couple days. And I believe God is sending the fire, but it's our job to keep it burning. What are you going to do after this week? Are you just going to go home and, and live like normal? Gonna go back to life as normal, or are you going to keep the fire burning after we experience a powerful move of God? What do we do? Do we continue on with it or do we just drop it and go back to normal? Amen, brother. It. I've heard a lot of talk about getting back to normal lately.
0: Come
1: on, man. I've heard a lot of talk about getting back to normal. Oh, we just want to get back to normal. If we could just get back to normal. Oh, we just want to get back to normal. Let me tell you something. Normal's over, folks. Normal's over, folks. It's time to get in the press. It's time to get in the motion. It's time to get into the the flow of the Spirit and move where the Spirit of God is moving. It's time to get to the things of God. We lived normal for long enough. Some of us lived normal for decades. And we got nothing done for the kingdom. We got nothing done in the Spirit. We took no spiritual ground. Some of us lived in normal for a long, long time. And we saw nothing happen as far as evangelism. We saw nothing Happen and the world has been taken over by spirits of lust and greed, spirits that are killing people, spirits of drug addiction, spirits of pornography, spirits of alcoholism. All our spirits running around in this valley, I'm sure you know it. There are lots of spirits right over here in the backyard, but we have been called to raise the standard. We've been called to be. To the lost. We've been called to reach the ones that need reached, and it's our job to keep the fire burning when God said it's our job to keep the fire burning. Amen. So, how do we keep the fire burning? That's a good question. You know, I believe the Old Testament was a formula for a lot of the ways that we're supposed to live today. We can learn a lot from the Old Testament tabernacle about church, about the way we should live our Christian walk. How do I know? Well, The Bible tells us about worship in the tabernacle. There was an outer court, an inner court, and a holy of holies. And and our ultimate goal in worship and praise should be to get into the holy of holies, to get into the inner presence of God, to get out past the outer court where we're looking around at everybody else, uh, past the inner court uh, where we were distracted and where we were paying attention to other things, and into the holy of holies where it's just us and Him. So God set forth uh, the order of worship uh, by the Old Testament tabernacle. God set forth the order of how we should use our gifts in the Old Testament tabernacle. He said to the priest, you're to have bells and pomegranates around the bottom of your robe. He said, one bell, one pomegranate, one bell, one pomegranate. Then we go Testament, we read about the gifts, and it says, if I speak with the tongues of angels, but I have not love, I have nothing. I'm as a, a clanking cymbal and a tinkling brass. you know what that means? That means that with your gift, the little bell, the tinkling brass, you've got to have the fruit, the little pomegranate. If you're not operating in the fruit along with your gifts, you've got nothing. God was setting forth the for us using our gifts. And I truly believe that God was telling us that He would send revival, He would send His fire in the Old Testament tabernacle, and it was up to us to keep it burning. It's up to us to keep it burning. You know, one of the worst things, one of the most tragic things over the last year and a half, over the last 18 months, that has taken place with this COVID-19 pandemic... I believe one of the most disastrous things that happened in the body of Christ. There were a lot of good things that happened. There were a lot of great things that happened. Yes. One of the most disastrous things that happened to the church during the COVID-19 pandemic was we shut down the churches and we lost the altar. We shut down the churches and we lost the altar. Because where do you keep the fire burning? Where did God send the fire to? Where did the fire consume the sacrifice? And where was the priest told to keep the fire burning? The altar is where the fire is kept burning. The altar is where the sacrifice is consumed by the fire of God. Every single revival in the past began at a praying altar. Every single revival of the past began because somebody made an altar somewhere and repented. And I can tell you right now, Christians aren't making an altar at their home and praying. Most Christians
0: aren't bowing their knee and praying at home.
1: And when the churches shut down and shut down the altars, guess what? People quit praying. Amen. I'm so thankful that there are a lot of churches in this area that didn't shut down. That figured out a way to have church, even if we couldn't have church inside. And they made an altar. I'm thankful that this pavilion has an altar. Amen. I'm thankful for churches that had churches in parking lots, that had churches in, in tabernacles, different places, and in tents. I'm thankful that churches realized the importance of gathering together, but a lot of churches shut down, and they shut down the altar. People think a lot of the time the altar's where they go to get blessed oh, I'm going to go to the altar and get my blessing. I'm going to go to the altar and get my healing. I'm going to go to the altar and get this. I'm going to go to the altar and get that. The altar, yes, you can go to the altar and get something from God, absolutely, you can get your deliverance, you can get your healing, you can get saved at the altar, but more importantly than what you get at the altar is what you give God at the altar so More importantly than what you get at the altar is what you give God at the altar. What do I mean? I give God my life at the altar. I give God my addiction at the altar. I lay down my flesh at the altar. I lay down my sacrifice at the altar. I give God my sickness there at the altar. And I don't pick it back up. I don't take it back with me. I leave it there at the altar. You see, a lot of people think the altar is where you go to get blessing. But in the Old Testament, in my... Bible, it tells me the altar is where I go to kill something. The altar is where I go to sacrifice something. Something died when we went to the altar in the Old Testament. Something had to die. There was a shedding of blood. There was some sort of sacrifice when we went to the altar. And when we go to the altar every single time we go, we ought to kill something. I didn't come here to bring with me home what I brought into the parking lot. I came here to kill something
0: tonight. I came here to kill something
1: tonight. The altar's where something goes to die. And the Old Testament tabernacle was symbolic. The fire was revival. How do we keep the fire burning? How do I keep the fire burning in my life? How do I keep the fire burning in my church? How do I keep the fire going when God sends it? Well, the first step is this. Get to the altar. Get to the altar. The fire is kept burning at the altar. We've gone without alders so long at churches that some churches are doing away with them completely. You don't know how many people I've talked to that said, I've never heard an altar call in my life. I gone. I went to church for 60, 70, 80 years. And I went to church and I never heard an altar call. I never heard somebody tell me that I needed to come, bow my knee and surrender to Jesus Christ. I hear people all the time, they're, they're in their 80s, they're in their 90s, getting ready to pass away. And I say, do you know Jesus? Have you accepted Him into your life? Have you ever responded to an altar call? What's that? What's an altar call? I went down to First Church of so-and-so. What's an altar call? I don't know what it is. I've never heard about one. Can I tell you, we have done away with altars in the church. And we've got to get the altar back. It's time to get the altar back. If we don't have an altar, all we have is a stage. If we don't have an altar, all we have is a place to perform. If we don't have an altar, all we have is entertainment. And let me tell you something. There are a whole lot of people in the United States of America that are going to church looking for entertainment there are a whole lot of people who are going to church looking for the pastor to do something to entertain them looking for the worship team to do something to entertain them and that's not what church is about at all, we go to church to worship God and we go to church to kill things at the altar if you don't have an altar you don't have the fire of God amen if you don't have an altar, all you have is entertainment. Which is why we have people who hop churches every other week, who never get planted, who never get grounded, because they're going from place to place looking for entertainment. That's true. Which is why, if the praise team doesn't sing my favorite song, I'm not going back there anymore. If the air conditioning isn't on the right temperature, if if the preacher doesn't preach and sweat and scream and wave every single time I go in there, if the preacher thinks that it's time for him to teach me something and it's time to get rebuked, if I'm not being entertained, I'm leaving. Amen. <laughs> We've got a whole generation who is so wrapped up in entertainment because we've taken away the altar. We've lost the significance of the altar. We've got to get back to the altar. People want entertained because we have no anointing people want entertained because we have no anointing we need the lights and the cameras and the action because we have no anointing because we haven't been spending time at the altar we, we need we need dinners and we need circuses and we need all sorts of entertainment things so that we can get people to come to church because we have no anointing we have got to have a counterfeit we have got to have something to entertain people because we have no anointing because we haven't been at the altar It back to the altar the fire starts at the altar and the fire is fed at the altar the fire starts at the altar and the fire is fed at the altar that's scripture so God sends the fire to the altar how do we keep the fire burning We've got to put fuel on the fire. God said, you've got to put something on that fire every single day. What was it that God wanted them to put on the altar? What was it that was to be the daily sacrifice that was to go on the altar? He said, I want you to put fat on the altar. More specifically, I want you to put flesh on the altar every single day. Amen. Woo, that's good. You've got to keep flesh on the altar every single day. You've got to kill the flesh every single day in order to keep the fire burning. you got to kill it every single day. Why every day? Why every Well, because if not, your flesh will creep up and start to do all sorts of things. Your flesh like to go crazy. Let me tell you something. Your flesh, if you let it go and you let it grow, sin is progressive. Perversion is progressive. Every single thing that the devil And if you let yourself go far enough in sin, it will destroy you. You will keep going to the point of no return. You don't know how many people I've talked to that said, I never thought it would get this far. I looked around one day and I said, how did I get here? How did I get here, Karen? Just like you said, how did it end up here? How did I wake up here in this place? Because sin is progressive. And if you don't die daily, if you don't put your flesh on the altar daily, it will grow and it will grow. Sin is a beast, and it is hungry, and it cannot be tamed. It cannot be quenched, and unless you keep your flesh on the altar every single day, it will overtake you. Amen. Amen. Is it biblical? Where's the New Testament? Everybody's got to have a New Testament reference. Where's the New Testament on that? This is Leviticus. This is the law. Well. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. You are to be a living sacrifice. Get that flesh on the altar daily. 1 Corinthians 15.31 I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily, Paul said. I die daily. Romans For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if through the Spirit you put to death deeds of the flesh you will live let me tell you something it is entirely scriptural to go to the altar and kill your flesh every single day and I don't mean maybe you have to come to a church and pray at the altar every single day but you need to find an altar somewhere you need to find an altar in your house you need to find an altar somewhere in your bedroom you need to find an altar somewhere in the woods I don't care where you go but you better make an altar somewhere and kill your flesh every single day. Because if you don't kill your flesh, it's about to rise up. And in these days, I said in these days where everything's going crazy and flesh seems to be running wild and there's all these spirits running wild of darkness out in the world. If we don't kill our flesh now, it's only going to get worse, church. If we don't kill the flesh now, it's only going to get worse from here. Look at what's going on. Look at the people out in the world, how they're living, how things just seem to keep getting worse. I tell you, I turn on my Facebook feed and I scroll and I think, I didn't think it could get any worse. And there's something worse than I ever saw before. I didn't think the news could get any worse. And there's something worse than I ever saw before. we got to kill our flesh or we're going to continue to get worse. The flesh can only get
0: worse.
1: Because your innate desire Your innate desire down on the inside of your flesh is to self-destruct by sin. Your flesh wants sin. It does. You can sit there with your halo as crooked on on your forehead as you want to, but your flesh wants sin. And left unbridled, it will chase sin all that it can. It surely will. We've got to stay in the word. We've got to get at the altar. Die to your flesh daily. Put it on the altar daily. It's not a game. Your flesh will ruin you. I said your flesh will ruin you. If you let it, your flesh will ruin you. Your flesh right now. Your flesh right now, if you weren't sitting here, Somebody's flesh right now is about, to, about ready to jump up and get in their car and go down to Libby's and get the biggest ice cream <laughs>
0: that
1: they can possibly get. Now, I said that so that after service, you all won't be there and I can get in front of the line. <laughs> That's how our flesh acts though. Our flesh wants to go crazy. Our, your flesh... Your flesh is what wants to sit down and eat a whole sleeve of Oreos at the same time. Somebody's flesh is hungry right now. Somebody's flesh is is, is somebody's flesh is acting up. You're thinking derogatory thoughts right now. Somebody's flesh is acting up right now. And if we're not careful and we don't die to our flesh daily, it will overtake us and it will overrun us. We've got to put it on the altar. We've got to say, God... You know how I am. God, You know the tendencies that I have. Yes. God, You know that the setting sins that the devil tries to trap me in. And God, You see the snares that he's laid out in front of me for the day. Yes. Amen. God, You go before me. You go before me and You protect me from those snares. God, you go before me and you keep me from those temptations. And God, I believe it that your word tells me that you will give me a way out of every temptation. God, show me the back door if I need to see it to get out of the temptation. God, take me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil today. God, I die to my flesh today. My flesh isn't going to have control over me today. My flesh isn't going to run me today. My flesh is going to listen to what my spirit says today. God, because I believe that you set it up that my spirit is to tell my flesh what to do and not the other way around. God sends the fire to the altar and it's our job to keep the fire burning by putting our flesh on the altar every single day. Somebody asked Dr. Lester Summerall, How is it that you do what you do? How is it that you see the miracles that you see? How is it that you lay hands on the sick and immediately they're healed? How is it that you lay your hands on the the people who are possessed by the devil and the demons flee, the demons scream and run? He said two words. He said, you want to know how I do it? Don't sin. Don't sin. But we've preached this grace message. This grace message has just crept into the church something terrible. This grace message that tells everybody it doesn't matter what you want to do. Just go out and live how you want to live. Enjoy your life. God wants you to be happy. I never saw one place in the Bible where God said, I want you to be happy. There's another H word that God said, though. He said, be ye holy as I am holy get yeah, holy we lay our flesh on the altar we die to ourselves daily. We do what God says that we should do. We don't let the devil overrun us. And we don't let our flesh get out of control. Let me tell you something. If you don't have an altar, you don't have have anything. If you don't have an altar, all you've got is flesh. If you don't get to the altar, your flesh runs wild. How do I kill my flesh? I tell my flesh no. I deny my flesh. Because let me tell you something. Anything Anything that you do not feed will die. Come on. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't feed your dog. <laughs> now don't beat it, don't write me a letter saying an email. <laughs> if you don't feed, I'll, if you don't feed your dog, I'll word it that way. If you don't feed your dog, your dog will die. If you don't feed your children and they're not able to feed themselves, your children will die. If you don't feed your dog, food, it will die. If you don't feed your flesh sins, those desires will die. If you don't feed that sin, it will die. It will dry up and die. You can starve it to death, but your spirit has to to be in charge because your flesh wants to sin. Your flesh wants it. You got to tell your flesh no. But this pandemic, because we haven't had an altar, this pandemic has made people's flesh run crazy. The pandemic has made people's flesh go completely wild. The pandemic has made people lazy. Pandemics made people lazy. People don't want to come to church. People don't want to I can just watch it online. Well, there's a difference if you can't get to church. There's a difference if you physically cannot get to church. But there are a lot of people who like to watch online because they can sit there in their pajamas and sip their coffee and eat their donuts <laughs> and feed their flesh. It's comfortable to stay at home. Pandemic's made people lazy. During the pandemic, 50% of churchgoers quit. 50% of churchgoers quit. And I don't mean they quit coming to church and started watching online. I mean they quit God. They quit altogether. They quit the faith. They just walked away. They stopped doing anything that that had anything to do with church. They stopped going to church. They stopped watching online. Stopped it altogether. They quit. 50% of the body of Christ just fell off. Let me tell you something. The Bible in the last days talked about a falling away. The Bible in the last days talked about an apostasy. And let me tell you something, there is something going on and I believe that the devil is working overtime to get people's flesh to say, you know what, I'd just rather be comfortable. I'd just rather be comfortable. I, I, I went to church last month. I went to church last month. Do you know? Do you know? It used to be If you could get people to come to church three out of four Sundays a month, you were doing good. Now if you can get people to come to church once every two months. The average church attender goes to church once every two months. And I'm not talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night service. I'm talking about one service a month. This pandemic has made people lazy. We've taken away the altar and the flesh crept in and took control. Netflix had 16 million new subscribers in three months last year. 16 million new subscribers. I wonder how many of those people spent equal amounts of time reading their Bible and praying. We want to be entertained. Our flesh wants to be entertained. The average weight gain during the pandemic was 29 pounds, 50% of people gained at least 15 pounds. I am included in that 15%. (laughs) 10% of people gained at least 50 pounds. Our flesh is out of control. Our flesh is out of control. Alcohol sales in stores went up 54% during the pandemic. 54% in the stores. Online alcohol sales went up 262%. Don't believe me that flesh is going crazy right now? Pornography sites saw a 61% increase in traffic during the pandemic. Flesh is out of control. Flesh is out of control. We've got to get our flesh under control. We've got to get our flesh subjected to the Word of God. How do we do that? How do we get our flesh under control? We get to the altar. We get to the altar. we got to die daily. I don't care what you have to do tomorrow morning when you get up. I don't care what you have to do for the next week when you get up. If you have to cut out some time in the morning, if you have to get up a little bit extra early, let me tell you something. It's worth it to get your flesh under control. It's time that the church gets back to the altar. It's time that the church kills our flesh on the altar because God is sending the fire. I truly believe God is sending the fire. But the only way to keep it burning is to keep our flesh on the altar. The only way to keep it going is to keep our flesh on the altar. And somebody said, yeah, but Jesus is coming back soon. Yes, he is. And that's all the more reason to keep your flesh on the altar. Let me tell you something. When we grew up, it was nothing to hear our Church every single week, it was nothing to hear about our preacher talk about Jesus coming back every time he took the bull. And preaching like that would keep you out of the back seat of a car with some girl that wasn't your wife. Preaching like that would keep you from cussing. Preaching like that would keep you from getting on the internet and looking at things you ought not to be looking at. Preaching like that would keep you from going to the liquor store. If we started preaching again about the, the rapture of the church being so imminent that if it could happen to I guarantee you, uh, we start seeing some people lay their flesh on the altar. But let me tell you something, that's how the early church lived. They lived believing that Jesus was coming back every single day. They, they lived it. They believed it. They were burned at the stake. They were crucified. They had their heads chopped off, believing that Maybe, just maybe before it happened, Jesus was going to return. They lived every single day and we've got to begin to have a paradigm shift in our minds and start to think this could be the day. This could be the day Jesus comes back. This could be the very day. And in order for me to be right, i got to get my flesh on the altar. i got to get my flesh under control. It's not enough for me to go around living like the world, being lazy like the world, not reaching out to people like the world, I gotta get my flesh on the altar. I gotta lay it down every single day. I gotta die daily. It's time, Church, to kill the flesh. God! Don't you think the devil knows that God wants to send one last wave of fire? Come on! Don't you think the devil knows that? Don't you think the devil sees in the spirit? the armies of angels that are lined up with fiery torches to bring that fire down to the earth and, and pour that fire out into churches? Don't you think the devil sees in the spirit realm the legions of angels lined up to make war? Don't you think the devil sees that? Why do you think that everybody's flesh is running wild? Why do you think that the devil has duped people into thinking that they can just do whatever they want to and God will forgive them anyway? Why do you think think the devil's duped people in the stay at home from church? Why do you think the devil created a whole month for pride? Oh, so, oh, he knows. God wants to send the fire. He knows God is ready to pour out. And if He can get people confused, and He can get people lazy, and He can get people flesh running wild, they'll never receive the fire. They'll never keep the fire. They'll never reach the people that they're supposed to reach. But church, I believe that there's a body at this place tonight. I believe that there's some people here tonight who are saying, not me, not me. I'm ready. I'm ready, God, for what? you want to send. I'm ready for the fire. I want to keep the fire. I want to keep my flesh on the altar daily. I want to keep dying to myself every single day. God, I'm not going to go on living like the world, but God, I'm going to go out into the world lit a blaze. I'm going to go out with the fire and I'm going to light other people on fire. Oh, hallelujah. I, somebody told me once if you light yourself on fire, other people will come just to watch you burn. We are the On fire for Jesus, we ought to get around the altar and lay some things down and kill some things and light ourselves on fire for Jesus so that the world knows that He is Lord. Uh, Satan knew that God wanted to pour out His fire, so He caused people's flesh to go crazy for a year and a half. That flu, no that flu. He caused people's flesh to go crazy all year. Yes.
0: Amen.
1: And now we can't get people to come back to church. Now we can't get people to, to gather together and to worship. Now we can't get people to lay down their sins. People are out living like the world who I used to look up to in the faith. I've seen people who I used to look up to in the faith and they're just out doing everything they possibly can to live like the world, live like the devil. But I've determined I'm not going to let that happen to me. No. no. I've determined I'm laying my flesh on the altar every yeah. single day. The devil knew God wanted to send revival. So the devil sent a diversion There's been a year and a half of feeding our flesh. People's flesh has been fed for a year and a half. And it's time that we repent. It's time that we repent. That's what you do when you kill the flesh. You repent. You lay it on the altar. You let it there. You don't pick it back up. When it tries to come back on you, and it will, when the devil tries to tell you that you still have it, you don't, when it tries to come back on you, you say, I let that thing at the altar. And on June the 17th, and I'm not taking it back up. I killed that thing. I killed it at the altar. I killed it at the altar. It's time that the church repents. Judgment begins at the house of God. The church has got to repent. We've been pointing our fingers at everybody else. Telling them how they need to repent. And our hands are dirty. We've been screaming
0: at everybody else. How terrible the country is. And how terrible the state is. And how terrible the politicians are. And we've got dirty hands.
1: The church has got to repent. We can't tell other people how bad they are. Our backs are against our closet doors. Hoping that our skeletons don't fall out. You've got to lay that thing at the altar. Lay it at the altar. The, the Lord is counting on some people to spread the gospel. The Lord's counting on some people to evangelize. Because there's a whole lot of people driving up and down this road right now. That if there was a hole in that road, they would drive straight into hell. There's people that you know, your family and your friends, people that you go to work with every day, people that you talk to every single day on their way to hell. And the Lord is looking for some people to carry the fire to those people. And say, I know a redeemer. I know who the whole things. You don't have any hope right now. You don't have any, any faith right now. There's nothing. That you have to grab on to. But I know a man named Jesus. And he died on the cross. And you don't have to go on in what you're living in. You don't have to suffer any longer. You don't have to take another sleepless night. Because the devil is tormenting. you. you don't have to be on drugs one day more. You don't have to be hooked on alcohol one day more. You don't have to try to look for love. In somebody's bed that you're not married to. You don't have to run after the things of the world. And try to fulfill the void that's in your heart. Because there's a man named Jesus. And he said he would be everything. That you need. He died on a cross for you and he sacrificed his life for you. And if you'll just lay it down at the altar, if you'll just kill it at the altar, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Amen. God's on some people Amen. to reach the lost. He's on you to reach the lost. If I say he's counting on some people, everybody will say, well, ask that's me that's somebody that has a gift, that's somebody that has, has the ability to go out and just walk up to somebody and say, Hey, do you know the Lord Jesus? No, he's counting on you. He's counting on you to reach the lost. But you know what? The devil's counting on you too. The devil's counting on you to be lazy. The devil's counting on you to let your flesh grow. Let your flesh go wild. The devil is counting on you to say, that somebody else can do that. I like my sin too much. And isn't it sad? There are so many Christians who the devil's counting on and they go right along with the devil. They can run along with what He wants. Church, it's time to get real. Amen. It's time to get real and it's time to get right. Jesus. If we truly believe this book, if we truly believe Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again from the dead Great. and that He's coming back and there's going to be a tribulation that the people who don't go with Jesus Christ are going to be stuck here in a literal hell. If we truly believe that there's a hell that burns with fire for eternity and is an eternal torment and there are people who are going to go there and never get out and be tortured forever. If we truly believe that, We gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. Because we go every single day worried about ourselves, worried about our flesh. What am I gonna get to eat next? What am I gonna get to do next? What am I gonna do for myself next? Feeding our flesh and never reaching out to the ones who are walking right off the cliff into hell. They're walking right off the cliff into hell. Somebody's dying in the hospital right now. They went to hell. Somebody's dying at their home right now. or in the nursing home. They went to hell. What a scary thought. We've got to get our flesh right. Get our flesh at the altar. Kill it. So that we can reach the ones who are lost. It's time, church. It's time, church. Yes, it is. I believe that God... Has spoken here tonight. I'm going to ask everybody in this place to bow your head, close your eyes. I'm going to ask you in this place, first of all, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, because that's the most important thing. There's a very real, literal hell, and there's a very real, literal heaven. And after you die, you cannot make the choice as to where you will go. That choice is made here and that choice is made now. So I want to ask you a question. Are you right with the Lord? Do you know the Lord Jesus? Have you asked the Lord Jesus to come into your heart? Have you made Him the Lord of your life? Because if you haven't, Jesus said... I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except through me. So if you don't have Jesus, there is no other way to heaven. I don't care what you've been told on TV. I don't care what you read on the internet or saw on YouTube. I don't care what you saw or heard anywhere else. I don't care what some liberal college professor told
0: you. Let me tell you something. Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's right.
1: And in order to get there, you must know him. That's right. And if you don't know Him, then the only other option is hell. And on that same note, I don't care what you've been told about that, because I'm here to tell you tonight, there is no other option besides heaven than hell. There is no purgatory that you're going to go to and wait. There is no other place that you're going to go. You're not going to get some sort of a reprieve from hell. You're not going to get some sort of annihilation from hell. No, you will go there forever. The Bible is clear. So we've got to make sure that we make a choice right now. We either say yes to heaven or yes to hell. And tonight I want to ask you a very important question. One that deals with your eternal soul. Where you're going to spend eternity. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you made Him the Lord of your life? I'm going to ask you that question. If you say, I need Jesus in my life, I need to be made right with the Lord, I'm not saved I don't know him, I'm never made to commit to him I want you on the count of three to raise your hand one, don't lose this opportunity two, three if that's you, raise your hand right now and put it back down hallelujah hallelujah, you don't have to be ashamed we're not going to make you stand up and say anything if that's you, raise your hand and put it back down hallelujah Oh. Hallelujah. Oh. I'm going to pray a sinner's prayer right now, and I'm going to pray it so that the people on Facebook can hear it, and I would love for every believer in this place tonight to pray this prayer along with me. If you're praying this prayer for the first time, mean it in your heart, believe it with all your heart as you pray. And we believe that you're asking Jesus into your heart and you will be saved from this day forward as you walk with Him, as you continue to walk with Him. You will be saved. Pray this prayer along with me say, Father God, I come to You in the name of Your Son, Jesus. I believe that He died on the cross. I believe that He rose again. His blood has the power to cleanse me. So wash me in the blood he shed on Calvary. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Ghost. And help me to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Caleb Schaefer Podcast. If you would like to connect with Caleb, you can do so on Facebook at Caleb Schaefer Ministry, on Instagram at Caleb underscore Schaefer, or by visiting www.calebshafer.com. If you have been encouraged, please share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Once again, we appreciate you listening to today's episode, and may God bless you as you continue to walk with Him.